You know what time it is No matter where you've been So let's do it again Listen up and let the sun shine And we've got soul training Time to practice what you preach Ooh, yeah. Yes we do, we've got soul training Hey Daniel, have you ever handled snakes? Not in a religious sense, but I have held snakes before. Okay. What's your favorite kind of snake? Uh, my favorite kind of snake? Um to 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 handle or to look at? Uh probably just to handle. Okay, to handle, I don't know, it's, you know, something like a, a a corn snake or something, garden snake that's harmless. Yeah, I'd say my favorite kind of snake to handle is a dead one. A dead one? Yeah, that's my that's my favorite <laughs> kind of snake to handle. Uh, actually, you know, with snakes, I could probably tolerate snakes better than I do mice. I live out in the country and occasionally you'll be mowing the yard and, uh, you'll see that I'll chase it with a lawnmower or something, but, um, but I'm just not real big on snakes and our rodents and stuff like that. But the reason why I bring that up is so many of us are so afraid of snakes, but some snakes are our friends. That's true. Some are, they have a purpose. I mean, everything has a purpose, but, uh, snakes are there to help us deal with some things that we don't like, like mice. And, but yet there's so much ambiguity and gray area about snakes. And I kind of think about how people don't talk about those type topics and people don't, uh, um, talk about, uh, things that because they just don't want to learn or they just want to avoid it because they're uncomfortable. And it kind of goes along with our topic today of fasting and, I am because nobody has really ever talks a lot about fasting, you know, in my circles or, you know, in the workplace. And we don't have never really had a lot of Bible classes, maybe on fasting or sermons or, and, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, I always characterize Joe as the, the superstar and I always characterize you as the super smart one. So I'm counting on you to kind of lead us through this whole idea of, spiritual disciplines, which is known as fasting. Um, just as a big question, a big idea, how would you characterize fasting to some, some person like me who's not that familiar with fasting? Okay. If we're talking about Christian fasting mm -hmm. specifically, I would say Christian fasting is a believer's voluntary abstinence mm -hmm. from food for spiritual purposes. Now there's, you know, a lot of other types of, of fasting that, you know, somebody may abstain from food because they're they're going on a diet or something like that. You know, intermittent fasting is is kind of a, a popular diet plan. But if it's not, you know, associated with spiritual purposes, that, that's not that's not Christian fasting. It's, as, it's, as I listen to you talk, you know, I was thinking um, spiritual growth is, is obviously the focus for all of us and for Christians. But uh, aren't there lots of other things that get in the way of that spiritual growth? We talk a lot about idols. But as I kind of think about, uh, you know, I'm teaching a Sunday morning class on the book of James, and we're talking about temptation. And uh, I showed a video of six, for about six years ago of, of kids talking about they spend three to four hours on on their their devices. That could be emails, text. I mean, you had eight-year-olds talking about texting and emailing. The video was six years old. Well, guess what? Now you have kids uh, who are probably in the third or fourth grade that are spending a minimum 
of eight or nine hours at a screen. So, and, but that also goes, bleeds into adult, uh, think about adults. So could we say we could fast from technology, uh, or social media because it does interfere with our spiritual growth? There's a lot of things you could abstain from for spiritual purposes, you know, television, the media, hobbies, activity, uh, talking, people can take, you know, vows of silence for a time, sleep, sex. There are all kinds of things people might abstain from for a while. What about work, you think? I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I, I, and I was, I know most of the time I, I try to be a little bit lighthearted, but I'm thinking about, I know, and I've been guilty. Uh, you You're looking so, for a religious exemption, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, from work. from. But when you work, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, then that just kind of becomes the, the norm and the next thing you know you do, it takes you away from jesus yeah i mean you've got you know uh, the concept of a, of a sabbath day or concept of of a day of rest that's that's a different uh, a different topic but there's definitely value in in taking that break from uh the normal routine from those things that keep us busy so busy that we can't be still and, and focus on God. That, and that's the key phrase you touched on is, is be still and focus on God. I mean, obviously what, there's value in work and we need to work and we have to work and we should work. But I guess what I was saying is sometimes if we're not careful, then we allow work to, uh, to, to fill us up when really we end up empty. Yeah, you're right about that. And all of those uh, types of, you know, quote uh, fast are, are good and appropriate and helping us to, uh, take time out to focus on spiritual things. But when we're talking about a a proper uh, fast, a, a biblical fast, um, it, it's technically food. In the Bible, it's, it's, it's always food that you're uh, abstaining from. And I don't know, you know, maybe food is the, the one of your essential needs that you can actually give up for a time period without dying. You know, you can't, you can only hold your breath for a couple of minutes, right? Uh, but after after air, you know, food and water that's 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 next on your list. Um, almost everything else you could you could if you were in a survival situation or something you could live without uh, those things. Um, so it's I think biblical fasting as as we see it displayed there and and just. Strictly speaking, the examples of fasting that we have in the Bible, uh, it's it's food, and you know there's probably a there's probably a reason for that. As as I was just uh, speculating, because what you're saying when when you fast is that whatever it is that you're being concerned about right then, whatever it is you're you're praying about right then, you're focused on right then, is more important to you than one of your most basic physical needs. It's more urgent that you spend your time and attention focused on this thing than it is that you eat or or whatever else. Just because you're so zoned in and, and focused and concentrated on worship today, on praying, on the on the acts of worship, that we should we are so focused that we should not even be concerned with an enjoyment or the enjoyment that we, we receive from a meal. Right. And sometimes, sometimes it happens naturally and it's not forced. Like, have you ever been so, so upset, so grieved maybe that you just didn't have an appetite. You didn't care about food. You were, you were just too upset 
somebody would offer you something, I, I can't eat right now. Um, that That is a type of fasting. Well, when you're planning the fast, you're sort of, artificial isn't, isn't the right word. You're, you're, you're purposefully bringing on that type of, of attention uh, towards it. Could you use the word intensity? Maybe that you're that, that you're bringing that intensity uh, to worship, to focus. You're so focused that you're going to leave the world outside the walls. That you are so you're just in, you're not intensity or energy necessarily, but you're how you're channeling your energy. Uh, yes, yes, I think that, that focus is a a good a good word uh, for that. And something we need to understand um, about uh, fasting is it is intimately and inseparably linked to prayer. We're talking about biblical fasting. It's it's a way of it's a way of, of supercharging those prayers with urgency and importance. We're saying to God that whatever we're praying about is more important and urgent than that physical need of, of food. Uh, and so it, it's it's helpful. It's important to actually feel some physical hunger and discomfort during the fast. You know, our hunger serves as a continual reminder of of what we're we're doing, and you know when when I fast and I feel those uh, hunger pains or you get that headache or something like that, that's a reminder I'm doing something out of the ordinary. I need to stop and pray about whatever it is that that I'm fasting for uh, on on that occasion, um, and that's you know it's it's a it's a tool. One one writer put it like this. He said, <clears throat> "In giving us the privilege of fasting as well as praying." God has added a powerful weapon to our spiritual armory. In her folly and ignorance, the church has largely looked upon it as obsolete. She has thrown it down in some darker corner to rust, and there it has lain forgotten for centuries. An hour of impending crisis for the church and the world demands its recovery. I think what he's saying there is fasting is a, a tool for us. It's a, it's a good tool, a strong tool, and we uh, neglect it uh, to, to our own detriment. And when we, um, and I talked, you know, just in us, and I guess in our pre-talk is, uh, I talked about self-denial with, with fasting, but, and it's really more than that. It's really, it's not self-denial, but it's laser focus. And the fact that, you know, I even think about a biblical, biblical example of Acts chapter nine, verse nine, um, that you had shared, uh, some examples with us about an absolute fast, uh, but Paul did the, he fasted between his Damascus road experience and his baptism because Acts chapter nine, verse nine says, and he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drink or drank rather. And, uh, so we could say that Paul, uh, was dealing with things much greater than trying to fill up, um, his, desire to not be hungry or to not be thirsty because he was so focused on uh what he was dealing with and i think we should we should take a a step back and think about the question of whether or not a a new testament christian uh, should fast is that is that a part of of the church today you know growing up in the church and let me let me preface this by saying um I'm just working off of of my memory, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be inaccurate sometimes. You know, I, from a from a preacher standpoint, I've been in situations where I've, I've heard people say, "You know, I've I hadn't heard a sermon on that topic in 
and forever and so many years. I've never heard a preacher present this, and I know that I presented just that very thing, you know, two months ago. And so <laughs> just because I say, growing up, I don't remember it being said, doesn't mean it never was said, but just it didn't make that impression in, in my memory. But anytime the topic of fasting came up, the way I recall it is it was presented as something that wasn't wrong to do. You could fast if you wanted to, but it certainly wasn't something that was expected or required. Or it wasn't a commandment. It wasn't a commandment. It wasn't like baptism where we hear you must do this. Yes, and, right. and I don't and I don't want to keep hammering digital challenges or anything, but occasionally, uh, you know, and and my kid, my some some people make fun of me when I talk about Facebook because they go, you know, that's where all the old people are. They're on Facebook. And, uh, but yet I will see some people on Facebook who will say, they won't come out and say I'm fasting, but they're going to say, you know, Facebook and social media is, is taking up too much of my day and my life and my week. So I'm going to take a break for six months and refocusing and refocus. So would, I just wonder if that would fall under the umbrella. Of well, I think you're getting the terms confused though, because fasting, fasting is specifically talking about prayer. About- about food. And I'm, and I'm thinking about more and, self-denial. Yeah, absence more. of food is fasting, right? Right, right. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I guess I'm thinking about people who kind of, I guess, substitute, you know, that uh, they think that they are subtracting something, so they're fasting, but they're really not if it doesn't pertain to food and prayer. Well, it, it is something of value. Mm-hmm. And um, by by kind of pushing back on the idea of including that in, in the proper fast category, I'm not uh, saying that it's not a good thing, it's not a valuable thing. Uh, it, it is. It's just not a biblical fast. It's just not a biblical fast, right. It's a form of fast, but not biblical fast. Exactly, and I think sometimes actually people may may want to kind of weaken the idea of a fast by including more of that kind of thing in it. And somebody says, I fasted from Dr. Pepper for uh, you know a month or something. Well, uh, that that has some value to you, whatever. But that's that's not that's not a, a biblical fast. Yeah, you still drink Sprite or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Um, anyway, but one one point I want to make is, you know, if as we're asking the question, should a Christian should a Christian fast? <clears throat> and the New Testament does not command us to fast. That's that's true. It does not command that we we have to do that, but. It assumes that we will fast. And here's what I mean. In um, Matthew 6, 16 and 17, for example, Jesus says here in the Sermon on the Mount, Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance. And then he goes on to give how you're supposed to do it. Verse 17, but when you fast. So, you know, whenever you fast, when you fast, this is how you're supposed to, to do it. Um, the scripture doesn't indicate we no longer need to fast. And Jesus fasted, uh, Jesus' followers fasted, the apostles fasted. Uh, we can expect that it's appropriate today as well and even desirable. Uh, Matthew nine fourteen and 15 says, Then the, the disciples of John came to him asking, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to him, The attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast, uh, indicating that the time when Jesus has uh, left them, then that's a, a time for, for fasting. Um, and then you see it ha- the church does it routinely in, in the book of Acts. Uh, Paul did it on a, on a regular basis. 
So it's something that um, we certainly have. There's kind of the assumption out there that we would do it, and there's plenty of positive examples of it. So I can't say it's a a binding command, you, you must fast. But I can say with confidence that it's a desirable thing. It's a good tool for a Christian, and I recommend uh, doing it in making use of it. But let me let me give the caveat that I understand some people cannot participate in a traditional fast for medical reasons. Maybe they're um, you know dealing with uh, blood sugar issues or, or whatever uh, diabetes. <clears throat> but there are, are modified fast. Um, I used to have a a coworker who had diabetes, and he had a way of uh, modifying the fast, uh, so he still had you know, some hunger and self-denial and, and that kind of thing, focus, uh, time of prayer, but was able to do so safely with with his diabetes. Um, so, I mean, be be smart, think it out, consult a doctor. Um, what about privately versus publicly fasting? Because uh, I was thinking about in, in our notes, you, know, you think about um, Matthew 6, about fasting in a way that's not to be noticed, you know, that if I'm, I'm fasting, I, I don't need to, I don't need to text you and, and, and Joe in our group chat, you know, and just, you know, and just say that. Right. You're, you're not, you're not showing it off. You're not wearing right. Right. Uh, a t-shirt that says, you know, I'm, I'm fasting or, or what. You're not drawing extra attention to it, um, which is, is something that, you know, has has been tricky for me sometimes uh, in the past. You know, your people want you to go out to eat, and, and you're fasting, and you don't want to bring attention to the fact that you're fasting. So you try to find, you know, some excuse not to not to join them without. But then sometimes you just have to explain what's going on. But you're that's a, you're not showing it off. You're that's just a private conversation. And that's so right. That's good. That, that's, yeah, that's right. you're talking about. It's not a hunger strike where. The object of that is, look at me, I am hungry, I'm doing this for a reason. Yeah. Fasting is the opposite of that. It's it, a personal thing, something you're focusing on prayer, focusing on on your God, your Savior. And that's that's a great way of putting that. Yeah, that is. Um, yes, so private fast. Does that mean every fast has to be private? Uh, no. Uh, because there, we also have examples of congregational fast that happens in Joel chapter two, verse fifteen and sixteen. It also happens with the church in Antioch in uh, Acts chapter thirteen or two. Uh, you know, maybe there's a a national crisis, a church crisis, uh, some. I was, and I'm just curious because I found that to be uh, interesting to me because I, you know, I know in other episodes we talked about uh, or I've shared that. You know, I would love to, earlier, I would love to have been a history teacher. So I love history. And uh, what are some times in our nation's history that uh, we've been called upon to fast as a nation? Well, there have been at least seven different occasions when uh, Congress and presidents have called upon Americans to fast uh, for their country. And one example it's not America, but comes up uh, to me here recently in Tanzania uh, when the COVID outbreak happened. 
one of the ways that the president there decided to uh, to deal with COVID was he called on their country to have three days of prayer and fasting. Uh, so that's uh, something that um, you know, seeing a, a politician uh, today invoke that is is an interesting thing. Um, you know, here uh, a few years ago, uh, a dear a friend of mine was uh, facing was was facing terminal cancer. He was um, in intensive care in the hospital. We weren't expecting him to to live very long at all. And we kind of we organized uh, a time period of uh, ten days or two weeks or something like that, where we had different people uh, fasting and praying uh, every day uh, during that time for him. Not one person for the entire fourteen weeks, but you know, covering that time. And um, you know, he he did recover for another six months. I can't say that's directly because of of the fasting, but I think all the prayers and and sure. the fasting along with it was a a factor in that. Um, that kind of leads me into you know, and I've I found that to be very encouraging what you just had shared. So we could say that fasting is more than just staying away from or abstaining from food. That had also otherwise you just have a as you said just be a crash diet. Uh, so there is a, a point, there is a point, there is a, a spiritual exercise because ultimately you have a target. If you have a target, you have an aim and that would be the aim of fasting is to, uh, have that spiritual focus. But I got a question. So we've got examples of the, in the Bible, we've got examples of Jesus fasting, not to mention all the other times. I know Daniel, you and um, some of the notes we shared around you had in your notes, fasting is talked about in the Bible more than baptism. So it's something that's discussed quite a bit in the Bible. Yet it's not something that we talk about um, much. Why? Why do we kind of shy away from it? Why? It, because it's obvious that it has great value, like, like we've discussed. But mm-hmm. why do we shy away from it? What's the what's the hang up with it? That's a good question. That's a real good question, Joe. I don't, I don't know Thanks. that I have the... That's why we call you Big Show. I appreciate <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah, I don't know that I have uh, the answer for that. At some point, maybe there's a historical answer where it just kind of fell out of... I know early in our nation's history, uh, sure, there's lots of fasting that took place, but uh, at some point in time, it sort of fell out of favor in... You think maybe because we're so... And when I say we, I'm not talking about you and you directly I but when i say we but i mean just as a society and, and in the u.s that we're we're so egocentric that you know uh how dare you ask me to change my well, schedule maybe and i thought you know it maybe it could be that um in the society i know that soul training has been this podcast has been blessed to reach places that don't have all of the the comforts of life that we experience in the United States. But food is abundant in our country. It's everywhere. You can't drive down. If you're not eating food, there are signs showing you food. And so maybe it's... Everything we celebrate, what do we do? Yeah, it, it's it's so abundant here. Maybe that's... I don't know. 
Anyhow, that was my question. Thank you guys for dodging the answer on it. <laughs> well, sometimes the answer is I don't know. <laughs> That's true. I, I, you know, and, and my opinion means zero, but I I think maybe one of the reasons why it's dodged is because you're, you're I mean, generally speaking, is because that uh, people, it's another thing that, that people feel like that they've got to, or somebody's being asked, forced them to do something. They're forcing a, another restriction on somebody. You know, people just don't want, you know, we feel like we've outgrown that. Yeah. And I mean, we live in a very, very indulgent uh, society. Um, And to talk about, you know, self-restraint and abstinence, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. Then you throw in obedience and then everybody's like, whoa, wait a minute, Daniel, (laughs) you've crossed the line. You, you want me to place restrictions. You want me to limit my indulgence. And now you're asking me to obey. You're infringing on my freedoms and, and interfering with my uh, abundant life that Jesus came to sure. to bring me. Well, right. I didn't mean to get us way off topic. I don't no, know if it's way off topic. <laughs> I think it's good, Joe. But we can go back to uh, where we were before if you want to. I think that's good. But I was just curious. But I mean, and, and I mean, obviously, we're not happy about COVID. But I, I am happy to hear that you talked about in Tanzania that uh, that you had a a government a state leader call for a fasting in 2021. Now, how often do we see that? I don't know that I've ever seen it in my life. And not very often. In not any country. Often, say. Yeah. Um, so just some um, some practical tips about fasting. If if you've never fasted before, uh, start slowly. If, if you want to get into it, start with uh, a day or even, even possibly just a meal to start with. And then uh, stretch it, build it up. Don't don't try to have a Jesus forty day fast. I'm not eating for three <laughs> right weeks. <laughs> That's right. Don't don't do that. Yeah, you don't have to worry about me on that. No. Okay. But okay. I'm good. Um, now, when when I do it, um, I usually still drink juices and give myself uh, calories to to keep going and have energy through through juice. But I try to avoid things that would be uh, treats. You know, like milkshakes or, or something like that because um, the point still is you're, you're trying to be simple and focus on on your prayer and then after you're done with with your fast uh, I recommend that you you break it slowly and don't just you know have a Thanksgiving dinner as your <laughs> first first meal right out of there because um, yeah so you you want to break it slowly with uh, with simple foods, fruits, uh, things like that, that that are good. Um, and if you do have questions about your medical situation, then talk to your doctor about fasting responsibly and establish a, a plan with them that, that works for you. Um, and then I would also advise that you, you purpose in your heart as to what this fast is, is going to be. Um, am I going to fast for a day, two days, three days? What's it? What's it going to be? You have a goal, and you, you've purposed that uh, in your heart as you go. So I got another question. Uh huh. And this is probably my quota for the day. Um, but when you're, when you're fasting and you're praying, you're not locked in a room praying for eight hours. No, you can't be. Yeah. So how how does it go? You're fasting the whole time, mm-hmm. but you're praying. Uh, let's say you work a normal job uh selling whatever yeah and while you're working you're not eating and things and whenever you have downtime is that when you're going into prayer and focusing on that specific 
of issue like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> whenever you know you you feel those hunger pains, you get the headache, whatever, that reminds you to to take time and and pray. Uh, you may be praying with a, a specific uh, schedule, uh, making sure you're setting aside time. You know, every hour or every two hours, you know, whatever. You may be doing that. You may. One thing you can do is just uh, replace your meal time with prayer time. And you get an hour break for lunch or a 30-minute break for lunch. All right, now that 30 minutes or hour is for prayer. It's not for lunch that day. Um, yes, you get a you get a coffee break or whatever. You're, you're replacing that with additional uh, prayer time. And that's one way to, uh, to use that. Um, and I would offer, as we get close to the end of our time here, a couple of uh, a couple of cautions, thoughts before we close. One is fasting does not stand alone and has to be done with humility. Uh, remember that the, the the prayer of the Pharisee who bragged about his fasting, how many times he fasting uh, he fasted. Fasting is a, a way to humble ourselves before God, not exalt ourselves. It's not a way to manipulate God. It does not bring God under our uh, into our debt. God doesn't owe us anything just because uh, we've we fasted. Oh, look what a great Christian I am! I've I've fasted. That that's not going to do it. It's got to be a it, it's it's a it's a way of humbling ourselves and certainly not exalting ourselves in any way whatsoever. Um, and then the other thing to mention that uh, I think Alan has kind of hinted at is while it's not the primary primary purpose of fasting a side benefit may be strength to resist temptation because in fasting we practice denying ourselves a fundamental desire we tell ourselves no you can't have that you can't do that and that is a good practice for self-control one of the bible's most well-known fast was when jesus fasted for 40 days before encountering the three temptations from satan um I think, I think about those 40 days of just zero, you know, most people look at it as just 40 days of just, you know, being deprived, but really it's just the opposite. It's 40 days of being, uh, honed in on preparation for temptation. Right. Right. So he's spending that time with a enhanced uh, spiritual focus. Um, so I think that's that's kind of a, a summary of, of fasting there. Uh, anything else we need to cover before? No, I think we're good. Okay. We're not going to do a soul training fasting challenge or anything. Uh, no, not not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, dear listener, I hope that we've given you something to think about, and uh, maybe you'll add uh, fasting to, uh, to your prayer life uh, occasionally, and you can do that on a... On a, on a scheduled basis at, uh, you know, maybe a certain time of year when you've got uh, some big, uh, big moment in your life. You know, you're, you're going to college, you're starting a new job, you're, you're doing something like that. Um, you know, the first time I ever fasted, <clears throat> I was 26 years old, and it was the day of a presidential election, and I was real concerned about the presidential election, so I, I fasted that day. Uh, for the for the election um and that one turned out the way i wanted it to i've 
made it a practice of fasting for presidential elections ever since then, and they haven't all turned out the way I wanted them to. So, <laughs> you know, there's no guarantees there. But you still benefited nonetheless. I still benefited nonetheless. And that's what it's all that's about right. is that the growth and focus mm-hmm. and upward mobility yeah. uh, when it comes to spiritual enhancement. Sure. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Big Al. Thank you, uh, Big Show Joe. Thank you to the elders at the uh, South Green Street Church of Christ. And thank you, dear listener, for letting us be a part of your day. Uh, if you try this out, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, send us an email. Tell us how it went. Or if you have uh, some other questions or feedback, we'd like to hear that as well. Uh, until next time, keep soul training. Soul training. Time to practice what you preach. Yes, we do. We've got soul training. To learn more, you can email us at soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com or you can write to us, P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky, 42142. That's soul training.